Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to That Was the Worst Podcast Ever, a podcast where two um, handsome, attractive, dashing men talk about their love of Sufjan Stevens, the great Midwestern (laughs) songwriter, um, ambiguous and um, hard to pin down, but full of love and... um, wonder at the world wow jordan that was a great intro yeah thanks you killed it yeah should we tell we got to tell our listeners i'm actually in vancouver i'm sitting next to you right now this is incredible you are in the room you are in the room we are both in the same room for the first time since we started the podcast yeah and uh yeah it's incredible i get i kind of get the vancouver elitism now this is my first time in the city i get why you're kind of like a little bit down on Calgary. I've experienced this beautiful city. I've been staying with your parents. Uh, wow, just what an experience, Jory. You make more sense to me now. Yeah, it was. I, it was, I was a mystery before, but Vancouver was the last piece. Yeah, because I was like, what's so, what's so great about Vancouver? Yeah, but I get it. Yeah, what do you think? What what's what are some of the observations you've made? It is. It feels. Is it? Are you going to hate this? It feels more like America to me. Oh, yeah. But maybe, you know, like I live in Calgary, that's Alberta, and I've been to like Saskatchewan. And I want to just say this to our podcast listeners. I've been convicted because I said all Canadian food is bad. And I've had some hot takes on Canada, mm-hmm. but I have not seen enough of Canada. And mm-hmm. so I have been convicted. I've been humbled. There's parts of Canada that I really don't know. And so my horizons are being open. Vancouver is amazing. I hung out uh, with Nathan, your brother-in-law, my good friend, yesterday. Mm-hmm. I had one of the best burgers and chili fries of my life, mm-hmm. which is saying a lot because I was kind of elitist about, especially like Southern California and in and out But I was like, man, Vancouver is delivering. We went to a beach and there were, ma- it's like, it is mountains and beach. It is like pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is a really interesting intersection, like a pretty unique city. There's because you have the ocean, then you have the mountains do literally go right to the ocean. Like, yeah. we have a highway called the Sea to Sky Highway, and that is actually what it is. It's like you're on the highway is like along this cliff along the side of the mountain, and then you look down, and there's just like the ocean there. Yes. Which is really crazy. And um, yeah, and then I mean, you, you've also gotten some really wonderful weather. Luckily. Yeah, it was here, great. So. Yeah. And we went to your favorite beach, Rex Beach. Rex Beach, yeah. Rex Beach. Yeah. Which you love. Well, I didn't go. We should we should say. Yeah. You went. To yeah. Rec so beach. Nathan took me to a nude beach. Yeah. And I just want all of our listeners to know I was very cool about it. I was, you know, I walked down the stairs and this guy went, is this your first time? And basically, you cross a point where it becomes a nude beach, but on the stairs, everybody's clothed. Yeah. And he just goes, oh, is this your first time? And I go, yeah. And he goes, just don't be weird. And yeah. I was like, I won't be weird. Yeah. And he, he, he also said, I will throw your phone into the ocean. Yeah. So he like, 
I was already not going to be weird. Yeah. But that gave me this impression of like, just stare at the ground. Don't take your phone out. And so I basically, it was a nude beach, but truly all I saw were just these really leathery men <laughs> that came up and talked to us. And um, I kind of just looked at the ground the whole time. But that was that was a Vancouver experience, certainly, especially for my, oh, my little sheltered Calgary life was, I was, I, I went to a nude beach. I don't know what to say. Mom, if you're listening, I don't know what to say. You still raised... Uh, you still raised a good boy. I was a good boy at the nude beach. Yeah. But can I also just say, it was kind of a cool culture. Yeah. It's not, it's just about enjoying like the human body and not over-sexualizing it. And, and wow, I mean, I'm enjoying the human body. Just <laughs> how are you enjoying like it? Like in an encyclopedic way, like in an anatomy <laughs> way of just like, this is the human body. Like, and, yo, and, wow, those those testicles are really well formed. <laughs> like Nathan, Nathan said, he kind of just like he adds new bodies like to the body encyclopedia. Like, oh, there's a different one there. You yeah, know? right. So that was eye opening because I grew up in a culture that was like, nudity is it makes you stumble nudity equals sin yeah but at the beach that wasn't the vibe yeah uh, yeah and it is actually kind of, that's kind of a specific sentiment to like the last you know 100 years or so or probably uh-huh. like since the victorian age right it's like actually if you go to, even to like places that had like were, were highly religious like there is all kinds of um nudity in in the art yes in the religious art yeah that's such a good point yeah yeah it it is a new thing yeah and it actually was freeing for me to just be like it's it doesn't have to be scandalous it's just a thing but i do want our listeners to know that i was not nude yeah i was i was actually in a full head-to-toe um, wetsuit with like a hood on. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I just had shorts on. <laughs> yeah, and you got very burnt. Yes, and I yeah. I completely baked. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's so you were kind of like an observer. You were just there to like stare at the stare at the Jennies, the genitals. Yeah, I was basically like take a homeschooler to the nudist beach and see what happens. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, but the other thing I appreciate is there was a group of ladies. They had clothes on it at this point. And they came up to me and just said, could you please watch our stuff? And then I just turned to Nathan and I just thought, there was something about us where we just looked, like, innocent. Mm-hmm. And I think they could just tell. I was just kind of like, like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, this guy's not going to do anything to our stuff. Yeah. You also remarked that it was really interesting to see fully tanned buttocks. Yeah, it was the first time seeing, uh, like, a man with a, a leathery tan buttocks. Yeah. And and um, that was that was great. <laughs> so uh, all all I gotta say is I come to Vancouver and I'm experiencing stuff I ne- I would never experience before. Yeah, this place is crazy. Yeah, we are wild here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we took you. What did you think of the burrito you had yesterday? Burritos were amazing. So I, you know. I'm humbled, Jor. I I think I've been too snobbish. Mm. I've been too elitist, and I've I've leaned into this kind of like California snob thing. Mm. And the truth is, guys, I hold a Canadian passport. I think I just need to start letting it go. Canada is great. 
Vancouver's great. The burrito was awesome. And, oh, and we should mention, I'm really enjoying hanging out with your indie wife, too. Yeah. The indie wife and the mainstream wife have hung out together. Yeah. We should say that, too. So this has been just like a Bill's Clausen collab <laughs> week, basically, because I was in Calgary um, for a family friend wedding. And uh, we stayed with Justin and his mainstream wife, Courtney. And we had a hoot. We did some. We did some indie things. We did some mainstream things. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, <laughs> it was awesome. Um, also ate some Mexican food there, which was really really good. Like I didn't yeah. know that that Calgary had this level of Mexican food. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's been a, a lot of a lot of good hangs. Did you feel like there was the you had the indie side and we were representing the mainstream. Like, no, no. Did you really feel that this week? Because I did ask Courtney to play music in the van and I said, just pick what you listen to. I wanted you guys to experience her mainstreamness. Yeah. Yeah. No, the only time I thought that was when I was, we were like, there's a there's a neighborhood in um, Calgary called Kensington. And that's where I used to hang out a lot when I was younger. I lived in the northwest of Calgary when I lived in Calgary. Uh, we've talked about the fact that I've lived in Cal- that I lived in Calgary, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I um, was like, I want to show Olivia Kensington, and I walked downstairs, and you were like, you are so cool. I It shocked me, because you had these, like, they're on the desk right now, these, like, circular John Lennon sunglasses, <laughs> and it, it really threw me off guard. I was just like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, Jordan really is kind of cool. I don't know what to say, because yeah. I have the sunglasses that clip onto my prescription glasses. So the contrast there is stark. Right. Yeah. You, <laughs> I, we actually saw those in the car. You lent us your car oh, and we I, saw them sitting there and I thought, wow, these are super dorky. <laughs> you found them. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. So we've had a great time together. I, I'm, I'm constant, I'm constantly anxious that you are going to tire of me. And so I think I've actively kind of like I've been aware of like how do I not be too much? Right. No, that you this it's been great. There's no there's no tire, there's no exhaustion. Oh good. And yeah. I, I think what I've learned is you might be thinking the same thing on your end. Yeah. That's how that's Olivia and I we were driving or we were in the airport heading home and we were like I said to her, I'm kind of like feel uncomfortable with how rapidly this this friendship is progressing mm-hmm. like i'm i feel like maybe we're just like coming on too strong or something not at all yeah yeah but it's actually all thanks to this podcast yeah because i don't think i'd be in vancouver if yeah. we had not reconnected over the podcast so it's really it's really been a beautiful thing i gotta say if you're a listener out there if and you want to connect with somebody start a podcast with yeah. them especially if you're like a 35 year old dumb white guy yeah because we need there's we need more of that in the yeah, world yeah are you struggling Tr- start a podcast yeah that, yeah that's our message yeah it's like do you need help are you in a new low start a podcast start a po- and and like make it out like you're an expert in the area but then it turns out you're not and then yeah. it just makes everybody angry and actually <laughs> actually sp- speaking of Jorah, and i wonder if we could get into this yeah it's happened. We've we got cyberbullied. Yeah. It, like so far, most 
of the responses have have been positive, but we got a scathing critique on yeah. Reddit. Yeah. Can I get into it? Yeah, do it. Okay. Guys, I want you to know this. I posted the podcast to Reddit. It never really makes that much waves. There's a Sufjan Reddit page, okay? So I posted our planetarium episode to the Reddit page. Somebody said this. I love your podcast. This is how they start. So That's nice, yeah. I mean, they love the podcast. Yeah. So truly, I mean, it's going to be okay, right? Mm-hmm. But y'all just don't get his intermental stuff. Yeah. Okay? You always hate on his electronic stuff. And a lot of the stuff on Planetarium, and especially right when you were talking about how you don't like it and how it doesn't seem like Sufjan, what's playing is actually very much like his pre-Planetarium and post-electronic stuff and very much Sufjan-esque. You seem to dismiss it really quickly or didn't bother when it came out to try to delve into it. Planetarium was a pretty major release when it came out. And it is brilliant when it came out. Now you dig in six years later, and you're all meh. I just don't get why you talk about it for an hour without actually trying to dig into it more. Mm. Maybe this, this hit me hard, and, and I know this person's probably listening, but this, l- listen, guys, this was, we were cyberbullied. Listen, maybe it's a millennial thing. <laughs> <laughs> so what are they trying to say, George? Yeah, I mean, I've, he's probably got a point, or she. Or she, had, I don't know. Um, they probably have a point. Um, I, I, I guess that I do have. Here's the thing, okay. I, I really want to make this clear, and I, I'm, I really do love electronic music, mm-hmm. um, more than your average guy, especially more than your average millennial. Most of what I listen to is instrumental electronic music or like some kind of cross between like <laughs> i'm rolling my eyes just for like neo neo like like classical electronic um neoclassical electronic like <laughs> it makes my eyes roll so hard neoclassical electronic okay keep going but i i got it i mean i i just gotta be me okay and i'm telling you I'm just not that into the way Sufjan does it. I just don't like, I don't love the 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 kind of like farty sounds. Yeah. I, I just, it's just not my thing. And I, do you know what I love about Sufjan? Uh, I would say he's pro- well, probably, if he's on, in my top favorite songwriters. He's an amazing songwriter. He's an amazing lyricist. I love the way he works with melody. Um, I just don't like, the way he arranges it in in electronic form. And again, this isn't because I don't like electronic music. I'm just like, it's not like I just sit around listening to like Mumford and Sons every day or something, (laughs) you know? I I really, I do have like a broad um, taste in Why are you wearing suspenders and (laughs) jean cutoffs and your... And a newsy hat. And you're slamming just a bass drum on the floor with (laughs) with your barefoot foot? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's my defense. I, 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 and I think too, like, here's, here's the other thing. If Sufjan put out, you know, just him and piano playing a lot of the planetarium songs, I I have to admit, I probably would like them more. It's just the arrangement style that I don't like. I know. Let me, I just want to read a little bit more. Okay. Maybe it's a millennial thing, not actually delving into it. Short attention span. I've listened to your podcast from the get go again. Thank you. Uh, 
and you always seem to treat his non-indie rock, rock stuff as lesser than, rather than trying to expand your own horizons, going beyond the wiki research and pitchfork review. <laughs> this person has seen right through us. <laughs> yeah. Because... I mean, they're not wrong. I open yeah. up Wikipedia and I read the pitchfork. But that, guys, maybe this is, maybe they're right, is we've we've put ourselves out there like we are the definitive Sufjan podcast. I mean, it, the podcast is called That Was the Worst Podcast Ever. That's true. I mean, yes. Yeah. And, yeah, so if it's stuff that, it's obvious that we're not super into, you know, maybe instrumental electronic stuff. But I just want you guys to know, Sufjan's your favorite artist. We love, like, before we hit record, we listened to his new song with Augustine Guy. Angelo D'Augustine. Yes, called Back to Oz. And we are loving it, people. So are we old millennials that just don't like new music? No, guys. But... It's just we like what we like. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I th I think that that's the thing. You know, um, I have a friend who took some wine tasting classes, and he. Um, you have a friend who took wine tasting classes. Yeah, is that so, what's wrong with that? It's just like you just drop it. Like, I have friends that take wine tasting classes. It's like, oh. Well, he's a restaurateur, and so. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> Okay, now I feel insecure about my Sorry, anecdote. I'm just teasing you. Okay. Keep going. So, and he told me that, like, when, when you're tasting wine, it's not about um, what you like. It's not actually about your preferences. What it is is just about simply observing and noting what's going on in, in, the, in the palate. Right. So you're kind of like, this wine it has lots of tannins, um, but real wine tasting is... Actually, there's there's a there's there are certain standards, objective standards to what good, what good wine is actually, or at least that's the hope. And so you're not actually about like, I like this or I like that. So this is not a wine tasting, a Sufjan tasting podcast. This is not a podcast where we're simply going, yeah, you know, um, the um, this is a, you know these time signatures really complement the the way that you know the syncopated or whatever that, that those are interesting little facts but really this is a podcast about us and the kind of wine we like it, i like red wine i don't like white wine that much if i was a wine taster i'd have to comment on both and be like this is why these are both good but that's not what this is this is a podcast where i'm talking about the wine i like i'm sorry but that's just the way it is i know and i agree i just I like what I like. Yeah. But what I did reply on Reddit is I just said, but I think that's the allure of Sufjan is that there are different genres and different areas that pull people in for different reasons. And I think that adds to the appeal of Sufjan. And so can I just say to our cyber bully that loves the podcast, <laughs> listens to every episode, uh, takes the time to write us, but really saw right through us, hit, hit hard, mm -hmm. lost, lost a little bit of sleep over this one. I just want to say we love you and all are welcome to the party. But guess what? In the words of Adam Sandler, I have the microphone. So shut the hell up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's from The Wedding Singer. <laughs> <laughs> so what else, Jor? I mean, I'm in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. What do we what what are we going to do together? Like 
I've got a couple more days here. Yeah. Um, well, we were going to go on a bike ride around the seawall today. Um, down through Stanley Park. I've also been ha- staying and hanging out with your parents. Yeah. And kind of like diving deep into what makes you, you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like your dad and I just had coffee this morning. Er- early in the morning. Not The lights weren't even on. Dim light. I'm sitting there with your dad. And I'm, I'm like, wow. I'm getting to know these... I'm getting to know the origin story of Jordan Clausen. Yeah. It was fascinating. Yeah. You have great parents. Oh, thanks. Yeah, say they're making us dinner tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I had the same thing when I was staying in, uh, in at your parents' place <laughs> in Sunland. Yeah. It's you got true. to hang out with my mom. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. She lo- Yeah, she sells essential oils. Yeah, she loves essential oils. Yeah. She, and she's a very, very sweet Christian lady. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it? I gotta get to this. My dad was away. Yeah, it's just you and my mom. Yeah, could I have put you in a weirder situation? <laughs> well, what I didn't tell you is that she that I actually slept in in her bed with her. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it it is. I remember just being like, "Well, good luck, Jor. Like you alone are just gonna drive it to my house, and it's just you and my mom." Like. Those aren't social scenarios that anybody really wants to be in. Yeah, you, no, it was awesome. I, like the thing was, like I had a really the reason I went is because my publisher at the time had lined up all these songwriting sessions, sometimes two or three a day, and so I was like really busy. And so I basically I just woke up and ate breakfast and then went out for the day and did my sessions and came home at night. Well, the the benefit I think of getting of like staying in each other's parents' house is all the like baby pictures and like the teen pictures jor the teen pics of me back at your parents place <laughs> oh man yeah you i was had, a pretty lanky dude you had and you had like a very like incubus lead singer style oh, look yeah which is v cool like kind of like um that like hippie like hippie bitcoin kind of thing yeah yeah like Hair just long enough to kind of curl up a little bit, yeah, flip right. and like, and maybe like one tweed bracelet or something. Yeah, <laughs> I'm loving that. But one phase is missing was kind of like the swoopy emo bangs. Oh yeah, I'm like, where's the, that era? I never really did that actually. I was never that into emo. I know, but it it I, it 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 was all encompassing. Like we all had the bangs. Yeah, I never did that really. So during that time in high school, I was for some reason really into the seventies. I thought the seventies were really cool. So, what? Why are you rolling your eyes? No, no, no. It's sorry, just, just keep going. It's Jerry. just the truth. Um, I had we had. I lived in our my ba- my bedroom was in the unfinished basement, and I had there was a little cove down there, and I had like a bead curtain where I had a vinyl player, and I lit incense. A bead curtain <laughs> and incense. We all did that. <laughs> I did I, that too. I had this seventies couch, and I just play, you know, Abbey Road and led zeppelin and just like sit there never we've talked about this before never smoked pot actually but acted like i did be like man have you ever thought about the universe <laughs> completely sober so did you have like a beatles hairdo yeah i so i had really long hair actually i think down past my shoulders at one point that was kind of my thing and then i i had big bell bottoms that i wore every day to school and wow yeah that was my thing in in high school in like in calgary high school you were just doing your own thing yeah. Because I was like, 
Love, can you even hear me? Something with the spotlight on me. I was just right into emo. What was what's that song? That was uh, the Taste of Ink by the Used. Okay. <laughs> Which to me is the best emo song that's ever been written. Do you know what's interesting? Actually, somebody's. I was reading something about how emo is really back in style, and it's kind of crept up. Like, thank God. Welcome, welcome back. <laughs> yeah. I'm thrilled. Yeah. I, I guess, like, you know, like something like Phoebe Bridgers, actually, people are saying is almost like leading the way. Because um, it is quite emotional and like heart, bleeding heart. Oh. Um, and yeah, like sometimes a little melodramatic. Uh, I would have never made that association. But after I heard that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, it's not as like, it's not as, if, it's not as rocky as emo was but it does it is i could see it as being like a forerunner to the new emo era yes and should we just say that daddy Souf is kind of coming back to this too oh yeah we're listening to a beginner's mind yeah and we're just kind of a little bit like he's he's doing it yeah he's back baby <laughs> and this will enrage our gen z listeners which by the way I was just kidding. You weren't cyberbullying, and we actually really appreciate the support. Yeah. But uh, we are thrilled with A Beginner's Mind. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about that record. Yeah. Um, I also just want to make one more comment about that letter. Going back, sorry to hop around, but um, the thing about millennials having a short attention span. So I think this is true. I, I do think that people's attention spans are getting frighteningly short. However... I mean, maybe this person's a boomer or a Gen Xer, and then I will withdraw this. Maybe they're from the greatest generation, like the one that's the ones that fought in World War II. Oh yeah, is that what they're called? Yeah, they're like seventy-five years old. <laughs> it's like eighty-five. <laughs> so you millennials, you just don't expand your horizons <laughs> yeah. enough. But no, like if you're Gen Z, it's it you you don't get to put that stereotype on us. That I know. That's what we do to you. Yeah. It doesn't work the other way around. Yeah. Your attention spans are worse than ours. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That kind of reminds me. I was really into pogs when yeah. I was young. And I had this mission. This is so hipster. I'm actually a little embarrassed about it now. But for many years, I had this mission to like make pogs cool again. I guarantee you, if you made promotional pogs for your next album... <gasps> That is a great it idea. It actually, people would be like, oh, cool. Yeah. Because you know that the, like, people are make cassette tapes of their album? Yeah. Like, just put out Pogs. Like, just a like do you think I should go all the way Slammer? Do <laughs> you imagine? A Jordan Clausen Slammer? Could you imagine just trying to figure that out? Like, how to get it produced? Huh. We've actually been talking about finding some new interesting merch items, and this could be just the ticket. Yeah. Um, I had Christian yeah. Pogs, by the way. I, I had this whole idea, and actually, it was so it was recent. I think that it got canceled because of COVID, but I was going to do, like, a po like for my birthday party, like, rent out a space and do, like, a Pog, a giant Pog tournament where people come in. I was going to find, like, because at Young Craigslist, you can find lots of people selling thousands of pogs wow i was just gonna buy just tons of them and then everybody comes in with like a certain amount of pogs and whoever has the most pogs at the end of the night wins the tournament and you'd play for keeps yeah of course i never played for keeps yeah you were you were a wuss it was you were the kind of kid i bullied i'd be like hey let's pog and you'd be like not for keeps like screw this i'm out of here 
you actually, I you actually played for keeps. Of course, but I love my pogs. Like the idea of gambling with them, and that That's was the whole thing. That's that, the whole game. That was the taboo of pogs in the Christian yeah. world. Was that it was gambling? Yeah. So that's the other thing. I didn't want to go anywhere near gambling. But I, my pogs were too precious to me. Yeah. The idea of losing them. I, I'm shocked that you played for keeps. Of course. I did slammer. Uh, we did slammer wars for keeps. Oh. Did, didn't you ever play pogs your slammers? That's how you got slammers. Jordan. Did you ever? I heard the urban legend of this slammer that was actually like a saw blade. I heard about that too. You heard this? Yeah, this went all around the world. And you would throw it into the stack of pogs and it would stab them with like a blade and then come back. But I never saw it. I think it was not real. But I did have no fear slammers. Oh yeah, those were good. Yeah. Yeah. I had some Christian pogs. Yeah, I had Christian pogs. I had one that, it was like a 15 passenger van and it was like, let's go to camp. And it had like a cross on the van. Oh wow. Like just a strange specific like yeah. christian pog is like kids going to a camp yeah and i had obviously ones that had like jesus on them yeah but then also it was this weird contrast because in your very same tube you'd have ones that were like the fires of hell and it's like a skeleton with like flesh dripping off the. i know <laughs> th- there was like a really polarizing pog culture yeah of like skulls and blood and yeah. then just like jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> no fear and then like like the sinner's prayer on a pog. <laughs> well, I guess why don't we take a short break and when we get back, we're going to talk about Sufjan Stevens' 2017 mixtape. Yeah. Called The Greatest Gift. Praise Stay tuned. And the rain, all the gifts that still remain. Okay, guys, because I'm in the studio with Jordan, during the break, he goes, oh, I think I have some LaCroix in the fridge. He comes out with one can, and he goes, oh, I only have one can. (laughs) And then to my absolute shock and surprise, he goes, is it okay if I just drink it? (laughs) What in the world? I'm your guest. And then you're like... Actually, there's cups here. Should we split it? And I'm like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to say. So what's the story about people over and you wanting ice cream? But Well, it just reminded me, like, I don't know. It's just kind of like there's these, there are these formalities, and they're, they're there for a reason. Like, I get it. But sometimes I'm just kind of like, yo, okay, so I had there's a bunch of people. There's probably like eight or something people over. And I was like just craving some ice cream we had some ice cream in the fridge and there was just enough for a small bowl so i couldn't split it between eight people so the the question was eat the ice cream i was craving or just don't eat it at all because there's other people there yeah and what did you do i think i just i scooped myself a bowl (laughs) i can't well guys today we're talking about the greatest gift which is an album of Carrie and Lowell B-sides and remixes. So mm-hmm. this is our second time reviewing 
a Sufjan release that is, they don't call it B-Sides, though. They call it a mixtape. But we did do the Avalanche. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of... Uh, a parallel, but with Carrie and Lowell, it's not really I don't a think it is a parallel. I think a mixtape is something pretty different. And it's becoming more and more of a thing. I, I have some friends who are in a band and they're putting out a mixtape. And it's more just the idea that, like, here are some, here are a variety of interesting tracks. It's it, it, it's not like a, it's not like a, um, it would be more kind of like, here's a collection of short stories I wrote, as opposed to, like, here's my novel. Well, what I don't understand is, m- Mixtape, because a mixtape, I've made mixtapes. Mm-hmm. I used to give them to my crushes, and I would design covers. Mm-hmm. And uh, did and you give one to Courtney? No, this is way before Courtney. Oh. And I, they always probably ended up in the trash. Right. It's like, Ugh. but to me, this is remixes and B sides. Yeah. What? Why call it a mixtape? Um. I think that's kind of, well, it really says outtakes, remixes, and demos. Okay, there you under go. Under mixtape. So yeah. I think he's telling you what a mixtape is. Um, but that is kind of what people know as mix. I think mixtape is a, it's a all-encompassing term. It can mean a lot of things. So, for example, like my friends who are doing a mixtape, it's like 20 tracks. And some of them are actually like unfinished. They're just, they're just kind of like, here's this idea we had. Yeah. But we kind of like it, but we never really fleshed it out. But it's going on the mixtape. You know, yeah. here's a, an iPhone demo or yeah. something. Here's something that's more fully developed. So it's it just means that the songs kind of, it, they're not songs that are necessarily meant to complement each other like on an album. Right. Yeah. But I, I like it because, um, I think we talked about this with the Avalanche, is it sets your expectations at a certain level. Yeah. And then you get to be pleasantly surprised by stuff. Yeah. I like this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I like this is enjoyable. Yeah. I like obviously we're huge fans of Carrie and Lowell and there's just a lot of remixes of songs from Carrie and Lowell. Totally. But, you know, the beginning track Wallowa Lake Monster, so good. It is so good. Yeah, I did I did a bunch of reading about it too. It's uh it's a really um it really relates to the whole kind of story of Carrie's death and mm-hmm. um the Wallowa Lake monster kind of representing her addiction and her mental illness and kind of feeling swallowed by this, yeah, by this big monster. But there's redemption in it, too. Yeah, it's really good. You had an interesting theory that you were mentioning about this, about actually maybe Carrie and Lowell was meant to be like an Oregon record. Yeah, this is my theory. Is Wallowa Lake monster, the greatest gift, exploding whale, the hidden river of my life, city of roses. Okay, these are the original songs not remixes that end Mm -hmm. up on the record and city of roses is what they call portland Mm -hmm. so basically these songs have all of these really heavy oregon references and they're not carrie his mother's death is like in it but the songs that didn't make it on carrie and lowell were like the heavier oregon ones so wallowa lake monster there's even a reference to like um, an indigenous hero that was buried like by the lake, mm-hmm. and all it these songs feel like he was writing a Fifty States album. Mm-hmm. And here's what I read: Dove Man, you know Dove Man. Oh, you weren't looking at me when you said that. Sorry, um, I had to make sure I was saying Dove <laughs> oh, Man yeah. right. Um, 
I, I know of doves and men. And yeah, dove man, I'm <laughs> assuming is some kind of mix of the two. Mixtape of the two. Very funny, Jabar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what I read is that Dove Man had the idea to call it Carrion Lowell. Uh-huh. I read this somewhere. I can't remember where I read it. Huh. But Dove Man... So this is my theory, and I can't verify it. I think Sufjan was going to make an Oregon record, and there would be references to his mom and his death. Mm-hmm. I think Dove Man comes in, and he goes, just make it about, about Carrie and Lowell. And so he scrapped the heavy Oregon songs, and it ends up on this mixtape. That's my theory. Yeah, because Exploding Whale is actually a really famous incident that happened in the 80s or 70s. Yeah, like 70s. Um, where they there was a washed up... Um, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up here. Yeah. Yeah. And you can watch, you can watch it. 1970. It, yeah. And there's a great YouTube clip where you can watch the news clip. But in Oregon, a whale washes up. And oh, um, a number of actual real world, world occurrence, occurrences of carcasses of beach whales detonating due to an accumulation of gases internally to the whale corpse. Oh. Well, yeah, get, during the... During yes. the decomposition process. So there's a phenomenon where whales explode naturally just from the gases. In, and I got to say this. I read this exact Wikipedia page on the plane. Mm-hmm. And I know the guy was looking at my phone. And I felt a little weird. Oh, he was I, looking just, over your shoulder. Just like, yeah, just like on a plane, this guy's reading the Wikipedia page for exploding whales. Yeah. I felt a little self-conscious. And I was also watching the video of the exploding whale. Yeah, don't do that. Also, here's the other thing. Don't watch other people's screens <laughs> over their shoulders. I, on d- the plane. I like it, though. You do that sometimes. Yeah, I think it's Here's fun. the thing. I've like ha- See, I don't like when people do it to me, but I do it to everyone else all the time. And there are lots of movies that in my brain I've like half seen because I will just watch them without audio. <laughs> like <laughs> just the there. whole movie. I love the picture of you on a 10-hour flight. And your eyes just kind of like <laughs> sideways watching the other person. No, no, it's movie. not. It's usually like the, the seats in front of me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I had kind of have a phobia about it at the gym. Sometimes I run on the treadmill and they have Netflix on the treadmill. And I stress very hard about like, what can I watch that if other people saw me watching it would be okay? Yeah. And it actually is very stressful. Yeah. So you have to pick something that has no sex in it. Yeah. That's not overly violent. And also consider if somebody saw me watching this, they wouldn't have any judgmental thoughts towards me. Wow, you are you are cripplingly insecure. It's true. Yeah. And that actually goes through my head. And so my latest pick was Spider-Man Far From Home. And I just thought if somebody looked over and I'm watching <laughs> Spider-Man Far From Home, I'm in the clear. Oh, so interesting. Uh, if I saw someone watching that, I'd be like, Wiener! <laughs> <laughs> really? Who is this wiener watching Spider-Man Far From Home? This, like, almost kids movie. One time I watched Lord of the Rings on the treadmill. Okay. You know, so I, I do stuff like that. Yeah. But anyway, but the what Sufjan is referencing is not the natural occurrences of whales exploding, which, but they do. There was one in Taiwan that was just on the back of a truck, and the gases just exploded on its own, and people were covered in, like, whale. Wow. But this one was, Oof. it was hilarious because they put too much dynamite in it. And this is in Oregon. And the whale exploded and chunks of whale like crushed cars. 
and decomposing whale like were falling on innocent bystanders and it was known as like this really embarrassing epic fail and that's another thing is how do you feel about Sufjan singing the lyrics epic fail it's like it's pretty bizarre here's the thing about this song though it actually wasn't this, this isn't the original release of it yeah it's a remix yeah and the original release was meant just for this lp i think you could only buy on tour on his it was tour? like a seven inch or whatever that oh yeah he, not an LP, that yeah. he put out that he was re- that he was just selling on tour and it ended up being on on this as well but i don't actually know can you listen to the original yeah it's yeah, on can. spotify oh, it is. Okay. so you can listen to the original yeah it's a great song too it is a good song um, we, we should listen to it yeah and what like sufian talks about his his exploding whale his embarrassing epic fail and some people have read into it that it might be his repression of his sexuality is his his like exploding whale or Anyway, and you and I have talked about this. That tends to be where we, everybody speculates, hmm. always. But there is kind of like something about Sufjan that he's saying was a mistake in his past. It's his exploding whale. Interesting. Yeah, I, I read um, the genius um, lyrics, lyric analysis. On yeah, it. hey, hey, critics on Reddit, I also look at the genius lyrics, okay? It's Wikipedia. <laughs> It's a Pitchfork review, and it's the Genius Lyrics, and that's how I prepare. And if you have a problem with that, you can start your own podcast. Also, I've read all the interviews and stuff. He doesn't do a lot of interviews, but I do do some digging. Um, anyway, here, let's listen to Exploding Lush. Okay. about remixes i love them you do yeah i to me it's like the exact same concept as going to see something live you know like there's this idea that and this is true there's like kind of the official version of the song and that's like the album version or whatever but it's always it's it's fluid and it that's a that's so special that it is like when you go see somebody live they're playing the song, but it obviously it's not the exact same. And there's something special about that rendition. To me, there's no difference. And 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 often, like you'll see somebody like Carrie and Lowell when I saw performed, they were different renditions of those songs altogether. Mm-hmm. The arrangements were completely different, and I wasn't like, oh, just play the original. It would be impossible to play the original. Actually, everything's yeah. there's all kinds of variables that change, and so I think remixes are are just another another one of those things and also people have covered i mean that's a that's a classic tradition in pop music is covering other people's songs that goes back right to the beginning of that's a music. cover though yeah but it's just another rendition of the song right what's the difference between that and a remix well yeah 
to me, a rem- like when it says remixes, I'm expecting like there's no sh- 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 shade in the shadow of the cross. Yeah. That's what I think a remix is going to yeah. be. Yeah. This is actually more just like a rearrangement of the song. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And I love it. It's great. Well, I have a pet peeve. Do you ever see somebody live and they change the melody? Don't do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they sing it so different that you can't even sing along. Yeah. Have you ever been in church and a worship leader does that? They for one verse they like they go off on a little run. Yeah. And you're like, you're leading worship. We're supposed to be singing with you. Yeah. And you're like, Our God is an awesome God he reigns. (laughs) And you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. That's a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. No, I get that. I, I definitely get that. Um I also, it's funny sometimes, oh, like, what was it? Like, Coldplay has this song that he, whenever Chris Martin sings it, he sings it differently live. He sings it down an octave. What was it? Oh, I can't remember now. Anyway, yeah, sometimes I think it's actually just the function. And it was all yellow, too. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think sometimes it's just the functionality of being able to perform live. Like sometimes something's too high, like the, the recording's too high, and it's it, or maybe it's just doing that every night might hurt your voice. And so right. sometimes I hear people kind of switch it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It doesn't bother me that much. Again, like I'm not there to see. I'm not there to hear you try to get it as close to the original performance. Like I'm, I'm there to experience you. Mm-hmm. I'm there to experience the artist. And uh, yeah, I guess there's some, some familiarity. If the song was entirely different, I'd be like, that's sad. I wanted to sing along. But it's it's interesting in this case because he has a Carrie and Lowell live album. Yeah. And then we get the remixes as yeah. well. Yeah. So, and we get iPhone demos. Yeah. Which I think are so beautiful. My favorite part of the greatest gift are the iPhone demos. Yeah. that I think they're so interesting and... To just get something raw and not mixed and to listen to the song in its infancy. Yeah. And to and there's subtle lyric changes that he made in certain places. They're not they're not super noticeable, but you realize like, oh, he changed that one lyric or he added kind of a big thing at the end of of this song. But to hear Sufyan in his apartment singing into an iPhone, I'm like yeah, I could. I want to hear every song like that. Yeah, I would love an iPhone version of every song. Yeah, it's it's really it's really interesting, and also you just kind of there's something special about kind of hearing him in this casual, sing in this casual way. Like, yeah, you know, like you can hear like the couch creak and stuff, and like I don't know, it just just feels like you're there witnessing the birth of the song or something. And I think if a song is good in an iPhone version, then it is a good song. Because mm-hmm. when you hear like, don't move the friend, time of the week, or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm really butchering it. And you are actually just like, that's a beautiful melody. It's great lyrics. And if you're like, this song is amazing, if it's not produced, then it's just a great song. So that, I think that's a metric, is if you could just play it alone without any production and it's still good, then that's where it's at. Yeah. Should we take a listen to it? Jerry and Lowell. (laughs) 
there's something about actually just hearing, like feeling like you're in the apartment with Sufjan and he's just plucking on his guitar. It's just so good. It's my favorite part of The Greatest Gift are the two iPhone mm-hmm. demos. And my question is, is this a normal process for songwriting where you want to just capture it so you can remember it? Or how does it go? You, yeah. just, you just lay your iPhone out and just do a, a simple recording so that you don't forget it? Or Yeah, I have thousands. I, I just have a rule now with myself. Like, there, For a long time, I would always be like, ah, remember this. This is really good. And I'll always forget it. Oh. And so I always, always record it. If I, if I, basically, in my mind, if, if I don't record it, it, it will go away. Hmm. And so every idea I have, but it's usually in pieces. It'll be like, here's a verse idea. And then I'll think about that verse. And then, oh, here's a chorus maybe for that verse. It's never, it's, for me, it's very rarely like a whole, the whole song. Are you surprised in this case, kind of how little the song has actually changed by the time it gets to his production produced on his album, they're virtually it's pretty much the same song. Um, I'm not I'm not that surprised. It, the, my guess is that this is actually like a demo he made that he sent to Doveman, who was one of the producers on the record. Yeah, um, that he was like, "Here's the song." He was, he was showing him the, the songs. Um, yeah, that would be my guess. Doveman, what like a dove and a man? Yeah, I know doves and I know men. <laughs> um, also, you know what I thought was another really interesting thing about this was the Death with Dignity remix. It's so actually similar to... he. I mean, it, it, there's obviously changes and stuff, but I, I really like that it's actually not that much of a departure from the original. It's just kind of like an interesting, more ethereal take on the song. Yeah. Let's, let's listen to it. is an acre no i thought it was an acre an acre before us what did i say a maker before us yeah no it's an acre it is i'm i that's what i've always thought all right let's see jor old mare with her hand in her hair (laughs) with the wind in her (laughs) um justin and i were just having an argument about what the lyric of that is I thought and we're going to check this out and an acre before us and I think it's maker before us and a maker before us you think it's acre yeah somewhere in the desert there's a forest and an acre before us okay look look up death with dignity lyrics I bet I'm going to bet lunch on it (gasps) it's an acre (laughs) dang it I have to buy lunch now that's how confident I was yeah. Huh. Um, but yeah, again, uh, I, a, a lovely little rendition. I, I like this. I like that it's not always just like, remix. Yeah. It's, and a, and a, and a maker, and a, and a acre. 
Or you know what else is fa- fun with remixes? They do get somebody to rap. Yeah. Sufjan doesn't go down that route. Yeah. But that would be cool. And an acre before us. You know it's not a maker before us. That's keep going, pretty keep good. Going. Yeah. Let's do a rap battle. But right I don't now. know where to begin, but I know where it will end. I'm a good... You're just r- reading the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to freestyle. All right. I'm with Sufjan Stevens. You better believe in. He does a remix for Carrie and Lowell. You better know... Um, I d- <sighs> I'm so bad at rapping. All right. You try no, that's it. That's good. You try it. Do it, the death with dignity rap. Okay. Um, yo, Carrie, you are married to Lowell, but you know that we're all going to go down to Oregon when you left us. Um, I'm also bad. You know, Could you ima- <laughs> hold on. Could you imagine it, this mixtape? And it's like, Carrie, you are married to Lowell. Like, how. How at like inappropriate, but just like how insane that would be. We went to Oregon. Yeah. Oh, that was good, Joy. I you're slightly a better rapper. Yeah. Yeah. Death with dignity. <laughs> what, what rhymes with dignity? Death with dignity. Come on, sing with me. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay. All right. We are really showing our race here. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Okay. But um, back, back to the Death with Dignity re- remix. Yeah, what were you gonna say? Like it, it almost like highlights different areas of the songs, or you mm-hmm. hear it in a new way. Yeah, it's it's just kind of a different. It doesn't take away the spirit of the song. It just kind of m- makes it different. It's a, it shines a little bit of a different light on it. It's not a completely different light, like some of the other remixes. And I like to. So we have Helado Negro. And Dove Man, mm-hmm. but also Sufjan Stevens remixes his own song, Drawn to the Blood. Mm-hmm. Which That's is fun. Pretty cool. Let's listen. Sufjan electronic sounding. Yeah. 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 So so we've got remixes. We've got iPhone demos. I mm-hmm. think we should talk about the originals. And we did talk mm-hmm. about Wallowa Lake Monster, but then a really great song that I love is The Greatest Gift. So good. The titular song. Mm-hmm. Because um, it hits me kind of... It hits me where I land, I think, spiritually, and in my faith, what kind of stands above all else is he just talks about to love your friends and lovers, to lay your life for your brothers as you abide in peace. So will your delight increase. I, don't, I just don't know why. It, I just think those lyrics are so beautiful, and they're kind of my own... Oh, this sounds dumb. I'm already cringing knowing that I'm going to listen to this back and hate it. But just kind of my own philosophy of like, in the end, you can't really be right about much, but you can, you can love as the highest goal, the greatest gift being love. So 
this song really just hits me deep. Mm-hmm. And I just I also just think it's a beautiful song. Yeah, um an interesting thing I read about this tune is that it was a theory that this actually was a contender for the last song on Carry On Wool because they both use um similar lyrics and that blue bucket of gold says search for things to extol hmm. but um yeah so this one talks about is, is more is about kind of about searching for things to praise and there are a lot of lyrical sim- similarities between the greatest gift and blue bucket of gold and that some some folks speculate that it that this was a contender for the last song but that wow. blue bucket of gold won what do you think what's the better song to end Karen Lowell this you know um I think Blue Bucket of Gold is a better song to end on because it's just a little bit less hopeful. Mm-hmm. And this is this actually is a pretty hopeful song. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the Greatest Gift. And I just don't... I, I, maybe he thought it would feel kind of inauthentic to have this all these songs about like thinking about cutting your arm. And then and tie then, it up with like a nice little bow yeah. to just... Yeah, which I agree. Although on its own... I agree. I think Blue Bucket of Gold is how Karen, that's the right decision. But on its own, I just think this is such a, uh, it's just a, such a nice Sufjan song. And it also, I think it, it reveals to us this part of Sufjan where he is just this tender, sweet-hearted person. Mm-hmm. And like what John Ringhofer said, is like he does to him his friends are like his family and he helps his friends a lot and he like john ringhofer talks about how much he gives to to his friends and his label mates and all that and so i don't know i enjoy i enjoy getting a glimpse into a sufyan and all glimpses of sufyan but the glimpse of sufyan that like at his core is actually just trying to be a a loving person and and i I just love that yeah and jordan we're sitting in your studio and i'm using one of your microphones and I every time I just want to, like, I'm so tempted to just be like, praise the mountain and the rain, all the gifts that still remain. Does that sound good? Uh, I'm. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. I'm in a recording studio with a really nice mic. Oh yeah. And I kind of just feel like I have to sing into this mic. Yeah. Right. And then maybe that was gorge, gorgeous. Maybe yeah. we could produce a record this afternoon let's do it <laughs> it is fun being in jordan's studio yeah it's pretty hot element. in here though isn't it yeah i know Oof. it's got some skylights imagine, so it's like a greenhouse kind of imagine if right <coughs> right now it's so hot yeah and so i'm just sitting here and you're just drinking an ice cold look <laughs> and i'm just watching you okay so let's go back to sufjan's uh, uh, original so the greatest gift mm-hmm we talked about exploding whale mm-hmm. and then we've got two more the hidden river of my life and city of roses why don't we just listen to mm-hmm. the hidden river of my life mm-hmm. two three four the world was not informed by real estate or power lines. So yeah, the, the Hidden River is actually a nickname for the Rogue River, which runs through Oregon. Mm-hmm. So it's another Oregon reference, actually. 
do you see what I mean about the heavy Oregon references mm-hmm. got cut? Totally. And he steered it more towards Carrie and Lowell. Yeah. But what I love is we have this remnant of like there there was a potential other 50 states album that I think almost happened. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder. I, I think uh, that's I I think so. You I think, think it was going to be like Greetings from Oregon the the what what is the Oregon theme? Uh what's the motto of Oregon? I don't know. We're weird. What? We're weird. Is that what it is? Greetings from Oregon. We're weird. Keep it weird. Yeah. Yeah. All of these songs are are like top tier Sufjan songs, I think. I just don't think they fit on Carrie and Lowell. Like, I'm a walker, I'm a dreamer, I'm a treehouse greeter, Pentecostal preacher, I'm a rocker, I'm a schemer, compost preacher, pioneer believer. Like, I don't know. He's just a fun songwriter. Mm-hmm. I just like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he and the end, the outro of the song, um, "Glory in Ex Canima," which is a really, I I thought that was really weird. Yeah, because Canima is a place in Oregon. Yeah, and then that leaves us with one last original, mm-hmm. which is "City of Roses," which I mentioned is another name for Portland. And one kind of fun reference in this song, did you know that? The founder of uh, Portland, there were two guys, and one guy was from Boston, and one guy was from Portland, Maine, and they literally flipped a coin, and it could have been called Boston. Really? Yeah. So it, it was oh. a coin flip, and the guy that won the coin flip was from Portland, Maine, so it was called Point, uh, Portland. But he references... Are you sure that's this song? Oh, maybe it's a different song. But he does reference it in one of these songs, The Loser of the Coin Toss. So Mm -hmm. that's where, that's what's funny is in the early 2010s, Sufjan is still doing his 50 States thing. Well, this this record came out in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm thinking in the early phases, he's still doing that thing where he's kind of referencing state history and tying it into his life and all that like yeah i do uh, maybe it was kind of the kind of thing where he was at first was like i'm gonna hit these guys with something they never expect here's another 50 states record yes and this brings me to this question he might still do that do you think he could at one point just come out with another state yeah which i actually think would be really funny yeah don't you think um I, I don't know at this point, like, yeah, I, ho- I hope he does too. Yeah. I don't, um, I, I still have to spend more time with some of the new material, um, but I, I do wonder what it would be like for him to kind of revisit it. I think it would be actually a pretty um, divisive move. I think a lot of people would, yeah. would be upset and a lot yeah. of people would be happy, um, so and that sounds like kind of just the kind of thing that he does. But so. I think it would be good. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course you would. Yeah, millennial with a <laughs> short attention span. <laughs> yeah. I know, but also I hope it's a state that he has a lot of attachment to that we get to hear a lot about Sufjan. But I mean, to be honest, this theory likely won't happen. It could be New York. Obviously, he lived. He's, he still lives in. New York. I think. Here's my guess. That's where he lives now. I think if he put out a New York record, that would be really fun. Mm-hmm. And if he he just came back to the Fifty States project, I think that would be so funny, and it would probably be great. 
Yeah. What do you guys think? Send an email to twtpe at gmail.com. T-W-T-W-P-E. T-W-T-W-P-E yeah. at gmail.com. And tell me if, if you think Sufjan is going to come back to the 50 States Project and just blow us all away and do this kind of fun thing. Also, have you noticed that Sufjan's been gardening? Like on his Tumblr, he posts pictures? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like snap peas. And yeah. You know what I'm happy to, happy to see is I think he's doing well. Yeah, our Suf is enjoying his life. Mm-hmm. And he's making great music. So, well, Jor, is there anything anything we missed from The Greatest Gift? No, I I mean, of course, we're, we usually get emails talking about the stuff we missed. And I apologize. Um, again, these are little synopses of our impressions, not um, kind of incredibly thorough yeah. um, fact-finding. Here, here's what email we're going to get. Doveman is actually, his name is William jones and he's from ethiopia and he's actually an incredible person and he's not a dove mixed with a man that's the emails we always get just so everyone knows i know that dove man is not a dove mixed with a man (laughs) also i also know that his name is thomas bartlett and he was born in october of 1981 so leave me alone yeah so save the emails guys what else what else have you been listening to these days well, I played for you Maddie Diaz that yeah. I really like. Yeah. Because you were trying to get me into Taylor Swift, actually. Well, yeah. You those... and Olivia, who's supposed to be indie, who loves Taylor Swift and Carly Rae Jepsen or whatever else you... What was that country artist? Oh, um, A pop country artist? Casey Musgraves. Casey Musgraves. Dog. Casey Musgraves. You're... Everybody loves Casey Musgraves. I know. It's just... And we talked about this in the van... That it's your indie wife likes Casey Musgraves and Taylor Swift, but that is what indie is now. Well, it's not what indie is. I just think that like a lot of people who were once hipsters are into certain pop records, and Casey Musgraves is one of them. I, it is a, um, the a Golden Hour. I think it's called. Is just what a what a banger. Well, because you guys are playing Taylor Swift, and I was basically like, I like. Maddie Diaz. Yeah, you're and like, it, this is like a better Taylor Swift. And uh-huh. then, so then I was like, this is nothing like Taylor Swift. Oh. Remember? Yeah, so I do like Maddie Diaz. Particularly, there's a song called The Man and Me. I'll, I'll insert it in here. Mm. Do you imagine me differently? swore that you saw me when you think I might be someone else does it turn you on what about you? I oh, used to yeah. not what about you? Scared of um, there's a guy called uh, Nicholas Pashberg who's a, a German composer and he actually makes electronic slash classical music and it is just so good wow let me find it i i've been let's have a listen Thank you. 
Yeah, Nicholas Pashberg is a big recommend. Um, yeah, those, those are some of the things I've been listening to. Olivia's been revisiting um, those Taylor Swift rec- records. That's why we we brought those up. We listened to them a bunch when we were driving in Calgary in your car. Your your beautiful cherry red Chevy. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, where you found my sunglasses and thought I was a dork. Yeah. Yeah. I thought... Wow, we parked in Kensington, and I looked in the back seat, and there was two um, ch- children's what are they called? Uh, the car seats, mm-hmm. and a Bible, and I thought, if anyone walks by this car, they're gonna be like, "This person lives in the suburbs." <laughs> car seats in a Bible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, I've really been getting into uh, the rise and fall of Mars Hill, that podcast, mm-hmm. particularly if you're. Like in the Christian world, that's been really interesting about Mark Driscoll and and all that. Like I look forward to that so much. I've really been enjoying that. Yeah. Does that interest you at all? It does totally interest me. You know, I was in that whole world. Uh, I mean, I wasn't in the world. I was always, I was vocally always like kind of opposed to Mark Driscoll. But I remember sometimes like wanting, it's like some self-flagellation. And so I'd watch him yell at me and feel better somehow. You're like, I, I just need a preacher to yell at me. Yeah. And you'd feel better? Yeah. Wow. That was in my, my early 20s, probably. But other than that, that's that's about it. Um, I'm very... I want you to show me guitar. I want you to play guitar. I want you to show me all your songs. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if you explained every one of your songs to me, okay. like alphabetically. Mm-hmm. Just stuff like that. So you want me to play guitar right now? Yeah. Actually, I was hoping maybe we could get a live podcast exclusive something okay here's what i wrote okay get out right now it's the end of you and me it's too late <laughs> i can't wait for you to be alone and i know about her and i wonder how i bought all the lies wow you would treat me right but you just a waste of time. Wow. Yeah. That actually on guitar, that looks hard. Oh yeah. Well, I wrote that. <laughs> it's completely original. Sure, I think that might be your breakout hit. Thanks. It's called Get Out Brackets Leave. Oh <laughs> yeah. Leave. And are you actually gonna go get out, leave during the recording? Yeah, that's the Get Out Leave, right? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. Hey, one last thing before we go that I wanna say is uh, Jordan played a show in Red Deer that I got to go to, and he played the Predatory Wasp. Oh, yeah. Do a little bit of that. No. Give the people what they want. No. Did you like having to do that? Because you were kind of pressured into it. I wasn't pressured, but um, the, the, the fella who runs... Jared. Jared, who is... And Hans, our beer king, sponsors. And they are king... Red Heart Brewery and Blind Man Brewery, yeah. our beer sponsors. They're king, kings among men. Um, and Jared wrote me the suggestion, like, you know, there's lots of fans of the podcast that are going to be at the show, so why don't you sing one of the songs? And so, yeah, we did Predatory Wasp, and um, I was playing with my friend Todd. 
he's an old like we've played together for so long and we used to play in coffee shops and play that song right after uh, illinois came out and so it was actually really easy we like went through it one time it's like felt like it was, it was so good you yeah. will not play it right now no why We've talked about this. Give it the people what no, they want. No, we've talked about this. They want to hear you do it's Sufjan. Like, you know, there's nothing worse in the world than being a musician and people being like, hey, you're a musician. Uh, can you play me something? It's like, yeah, if I was a carpenter, you wouldn't be like, hey, uh, can you build me a table? Yeah, right but there. we're doing a Sufjan podcast. We're in your studio. You just did a Sufjan cover a week ago. Just play a little bit. No. Okay. Well, guys, I just, on the record, I fought for it, and I tried. You heard it. Jordan will not do it. Yeah. Which is fine. Well, well all right. This was great, Jor. A lot of fun, everybody. Thank you for listening. And like I said before, you can email us. That will be in the show notes, and we'd love to hear from you. Oh, and should we say this? Leave a review. It might help other Sufjan fans find us. All right, with that said, Jordan and I, from Vancouver, are saying... The dress looks nice on you, and we love you all. Thank you. Bye. Bye.